1: Trojan fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Sunday. We're going to talk some more USC Trojan football. We got the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. Things are coming down to the wire as far as the offensive coordinator goes. Looks like everything's pointing to Graham Harrell. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Talk about other things going on within the program, uh, transfer portals, and all that kind of fun stuff, answering some of your questions. If you have any questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you could call or text us at 424-254-9141. We appreciate your phone calls. We appreciate your texts and your emails and all that stuff. Before we jump into all that, just wanted to say hello to the coach, Harvey Hyde. How are you doing, coach? What's up?
0: Brian? I'm doing fabulous. And again, it was great getting together with you on Friday and having a nice lunch and relaxing for a while until I got on the freeway. I walked out, got a parking ticket, then got in the car, and drove, took me an hour and a half to get home. So it was quite a great afternoon, but I enjoyed every minute of it with
1: you. It was a lot of fun, Coach. So we had uh, lunch, like Coach said, on Friday. It was pretty cool. Um, I was down there on Thursday for the USC basketball game. The basketball team swept the Arizona schools. That was pretty cool, Coach.
0: It was. It really was. And, uh, uh, you know, that's sort of surprising. I didn't know if they could... Sweep them, but they did, and I think it brings a lot of optimism uh, to the basketball program. Now they got a tough trip this weekend up to the Pac-12 leader in Washington, Washington State. They should be able to handle them, but uh, if they could get by Washington, that would really make them uh, really in a position to challenge for the championship.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. I mean, it's probably going to be a one bid league, so you got to make a run. At the, uh, the championship there, but I think USC is playing pretty well right now to beat UCLA, Arizona, and ASU back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, that's pretty cool. So if you want to check out the USC basketball program, I believe it's a trip up to the Washington schools this weekend. And uh, Washington's undefeated in the Pac-12, so that's going to be a tough one to overcome that. Uh, we'll see, but we're going to talk mostly football here, and we wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California tickets, you can go to SoCalTicks.com or call them at 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything, you want to go to the Super Bowl. Today was the the Pro Bowl. (laughs) You want to check that out. It was more fun, Coach, when that was in Hawaii. But uh, the Super Bowl, of course, in Atlanta. Uh, You got the Lakers. Hopefully, LeBron's coming back pretty soon. Clippers, I saw they got a win today against the Kings anything like that going on. We don't have baseball starting yet, but that's going to come up pretty soon. But if you need tickets for anything in Southern California or across the country, go to Southern California tickets, call them 1-800-888-7287. Tell Curtis that the coach sent you and, uh, should get some kind of deal, right coach for just dropping your name.
0: Absolutely. There's no, uh, there's no question about it. Uh, hmm. you better hurry. Quick. You better hurry if you want to go to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And uh, You
0: better get your wallet out.
1: Yeah. Those are not going to be cheap, uh, cheap tickets, but, should be an interesting one. The Rams, the they, uh, the big send off in LA, so heading to Atlanta. Uh, I can't wait for this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think I'm going to head to Vegas for the just for a day, Coach, just to watch the game. So I think that'll be, uh, think that'll be a good time. All right, so we got some news and stuff to to sort of talk about. We'll uh, we'll get into the offensive coordinator stuff uh, in a minute, but there's this NCAA transfer portal, Coach. They didn't have this when you were around. This is a pretty new thing. Um, couple USC players, uh, are in it. Well, there's several USC players in it, but some guys, you know, like, uh, Akili Ross or, uh, Batiku, guys like that. Like you've, you've known they've been gone for a while, but the most recent ones, and I don't even, I don't remember if we talked about this the last time we had you on the show, uh, bru McCoy. So he's the only five-star signee USC had, uh, he af- was enrolled in school, was taking classes. I think it was like, um, probably, you know, from, it was two and a half weeks or so of classes at USC and put his name into the transfer portal. And that the team that was recruiting him the hardest was Texas. He signed financial aid paperwork with Texas. They tweeted out a picture of him flying out to Austin today. So they expect him to be uh, taking, you know, starting class uh, tomorrow. Um, I believe Texas started either last week or they start this week. I I don't remember what, but just, they started a couple weeks after. Uh, USC. Uh huge. I mean, he was a, a great athlete from modern day high school, feeder high school for USC. Obviously a lot of uh Trojans came from that high school. Uh so that's it's a big loss. He could have played wide receiver, uh, or he could have been a, a linebacker, rush end, outside linebacker, even inside linebacker, really athletic kid. So I think that's a it's a big blow. Um Clay Helton did release him from his uh agreement uh, his letter of national letter of intent, so that means he goes to Texas. Doesn't mean he can play right away. He still has to appeal to the NCAA. But if he wasn't granted that release, he wouldn't have been able uh, to appeal. And so now he's got a chance to play this year. Twenty four seven Sports is actually counting him since it's you know he was only around campus for a few weeks uh, or taking classes for a couple weeks. Twenty four seven's moved him over. He's going to be part of Texas's class. He's removed from USC's class, so the only five-star signee no longer there, um, and he'll be starting at Texas uh, starting Monday. I know, Coach, if you had any thoughts on the uh, whole Brew-McCoy fiasco, everything that was going on.
0: Well, you know, um, Ryan, I'll tell you, I'd just like to hear something positive, you know, come out of the program. It hadn't really uh, had many positive uh, things come out of it since the end of the football season or before that. And uh, to see uh, him leave is uh, is really uh, sad, uh, first of all, for the Trojans and for the incoming class and for the influence that he might have on the players that still haven't signed or other players that might ask to be released. Uh, by releasing uh, the student-athlete, too, I believe that means he could immediately go on athletic scholarship at Texas. So Clay Helton is making it very easy and convenient for them to leave, and I I guess that's something you do. They made it very easy for Kingsbury to leave, $150,000 buyout, which means it's pretty easy to leave. And, you know, the Tournament of Roses has a theme this year, Ryan. I don't know if you've heard it for the 2020 parade. It's called A Power of Hope, The Power of Hope. And I think that right now, USC should follow that and hope some things start to go in a positive way for them because. Uh, everywhere you go, everybody's saying what happened, what's going on. You've got the trustees bickering among themselves. Uh, Clay Helton, I I don't know, really, I haven't seen him or he hadn't surfaced or I don't know what's going on with him and Lynn Swan, what they're thinking about or who's going to be named. The offensive coordinator, there's so many different rumors there. Who's running the off-season program the way I understand it they're They don't have a football strength and conditioning coach. Now, these are just things I hear. I don't know, but I understand a strength and conditioning coach has gone to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, it's just just, uh, very disappointing to see a program that has great tradition, tremendous respectability in the world of football and nationally as far as the university itself be at this spot. It's embarrassing. If you want me to tell you the truth, it's absolutely embarrassing that the athletic program has to go through this. The athletic programs have to go through this, because it affects every program. Don't think it just affects football. It affects every program and every faculty member and every student-athlete and every student and every alumnus because everywhere they go, I'm I'm on my jog today, and somebody says, stop me. What's going on with the Trojans football program? I mean... You're almost afraid to go anywhere, but you're tired of talking about it. I mean, I'd love to see something positive happen, so they can start turning it around.
1: Yeah, that would be uh, that would be good, and there might be some some positive news. We're going to talk about that in a in a bit outside the basketball program, which is certainly positive news. But on the Brew McCoy line, Percy uh, wrote in. He said, "Coach Hyde, have you experienced anything remotely similar to the Brew McCoy situation?" And how do you recommend Coach Helton proceed leading this team forward, or is it only a matter of time from Percy?
0: Well, you know, you hate to uh, lose great athletes. Uh, I've, I've lost great athletes, but not in this, this fashion. Once I got him on co- campus, I made sure I took care of him. I was around him all the time. I, I made sure that during this period of time that, uh, that we were giving him extra love and extra care because he's a new student on campus and we're going through a lot of different turmoils and different things. You got to give him a lot of attention and make sure that you don't just wander away and you're not on top of what's going on with your recruits and your football players. I don't know just how much time they do that. And I'm not talking about J graduate assistants or GAs or or that. I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking about Head football coaches. So I'm, I'm talking about having a, a kid in your office, sit back, and say, here, would you like a a coke or a glass of water or how about a cookie or something, and 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 nurture this guy through this process. And I don't know. I hope they're doing that. I hope they're trying to uh, show a lot of love to their players and say everything's going to be okay. And the coaches are individually taking care of their players, their current players as well as recruiting new players, but that has a direct effect on your recruiting because when players visit your campus, you have football players be their, uh, their their mentor. They take them around campus. They show them campus. They take them to a fraternity party or whatever they do, and you want positive vibes coming out of this these these team members. I mean, it's, it can't be just made up. It's got to be sincere about, hey, you know, we're really going to be good, and this is a great place, and I would never consider transferring. If you look at the number of people who have left the USC football program itself, that would make up a pretty good recruiting year just since the end of the year or a little bit before that as far as, as you mentioned, Ukele Ross and the rest of them, Levi Jones. I mean, you look at these guys. These are pretty good. You'd have a pretty good recruiting year. Yeah. You can't You can't lose these type of players. I mean, you're supposed to recruit them, keep them, develop them, graduate them, uh, do the things that are necessary. You can't continually lose people like this because all of a sudden it becomes a habit and others leave. It becomes easier for others to leave. And it becomes harder to recruit when you have this happening. So, you know, uh, I just, you know, am very disappointed to see these players leave. And And some of them, they left in a way where we really don't know why they had to leave. They just left. Some of them were flustered and didn't practice and left because, uh, because of uh, not having playing time or whatever. But you've got to be able to spend time with your players. You've got to take care of your players and talk to your players and make sure they're not getting in trouble. You've got to make sure, too, also that if they've got a problem, they're not afraid to come in and talk to you about it. You're like a parent with them, not just a coach. So I'm hoping all that is going on and that all goes back to the leadership as the question was of Clay Helton. He's got to be a strong leader. He's got to be able to let his coaches understand what their jobs are as well as what my job is. And my job is to not only have a great football program but be a leader and a leader the type of leader that people want to follow. My coaches uh uh, the the athletes, uh, the whole thing. We want people to want to uh, be a Trojan. And you got to step up. And if you don't step up, I'm just going to tell you this now. If you don't step up, you're not going to be there long. Yeah. Okay? So someone's got to step up and do this. So it's all on Coach Helton's back. I, I'd hate to say it like this, but it is. He's the leader. He's the number one guy. So he's got to set the tone of what he expects from his coaches and recruiting and taking care of his athlete, athletes. And and uh, right now, I don't know what what he's doing or where he is, but if, you know, I, I would think that I'd want to come out. I don't know if the media is being or you're being protected, uh, Tessalon or whoever it is, say you can't talk to anybody or Swan can't talk to anybody. But man, I'd have a press conference say, we're getting this thing straightened away. Don't worry about anything. I'd be with my team. I'd be in the weight room. I'd be recruiting. I'd be everywhere. I'd be visual. I'd be on TV. I'd be flying around. i want to be interviewed. Let people know, hey, we still have a football program here at USC. Right now, I'm not sure what they have there.
1: Yeah, uh, and we've made a lot of requests. So we've tried to talk to we, – we couldn't talk to anybody. We never got to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. When he was hired, he never had a, a press conference uh, for USC media. Um, I've, I put in a request. I, people were asking on Twitter, Coach whats what have to say about all this I'm like we ask all the time he never they never give us a, an interview so I emailed uh to try to get another interview and never even heard back on that one so um they're kind of doing their own thing they're not really uh, addressing things to the media they're just doing things in their own way and you know that's that's kind of what they're circling the wagons wagons that's kind of what they're doing right now um but the so I, the thing things gone he's moved on he'll he's gonna be at Texas and uh and we put up a bunch of stuff in the war room, kind of a, a lot of about what happened behind the scenes with that decision. So uh, if you're on usefootball.com, go make sure you check out the war room. We got a lot of information there. And if you, you're not a member, we're doing a five for one um, membership deal right now, or six for one membership. So five months free. So you paid nine 95 and uh, you'll get six months of, of insider access to everything on uscfootball.com. So it's a great, it's a great deal. And only it's going till Monday night. So uh, make sure you jump on that as quickly as you can. It's it's up on the front page of USCfootball.com. So 10 bucks, you get half a year of, of access. So it's pretty cool. Um, the other thing, coach, when we're talking about the transfer portal, it's created this whole new thing you gotta check, you know. And the transfer portal is you you have access from uh NCAA football coaches, get access to this. But a lot of us reporters, we were able to, you know, get access to them. You can find out what's going on. Um Trayvon Sidney, the redshirt junior wide receiver, he's the latest to enter his name into the transfer portal. And uh I w- it was curious for me if you look at what he's done, he's 511 170 pounds uh from Bishop Bishop Amott. So same high school as Tyler Vaughn's. Uh they were together. So he redshirted his first year along with Vaughns in 2016. 2017, he played nine games, he had three catches for 35 yards, and in, in last year he had he played in 10 games Seven catches for 104 yards. He didn't play any special teams. All of his snaps were on offense. He had 139 total snaps uh, last year. So not a lot of contributions. But you got the feeling, Coach, this is a player that could have thrived in air raid uh, because you got two inside receivers usually. And I thought he would do pretty well. There's some fans that we've tweeted at or they've posted on message boards. They don't like him at all. And other one's like, oh, he's a talent So, I mean, we it would be hard to see. And so I think in Kingsbury's offense, it would have been uh, fun to watch. Now, if USC goes out and hires Graham Harrell, another uh, air raid guy, does that change Trayvon Sidney's mind? He's in the transfer portal, but he's not transferred yet. That just makes him eligible to transfer. Now, USC could cut a scholarship, too, if they want to. I don't think that's going to happen. But what do you think about Trayvon Sidney, Coach, uh, putting his name in that transfer portal?
0: Well, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't blame him. Uh, a lot of great receivers now at USC. He hadn't got a lot of playing time. Uh, he feels he didn't get better. Maybe he didn't get coached up to where he expects to be and where they forecast him to be. In fact, I think a lot of these guys should be better football players. Look at Chuma down there in the senior bowl. All of a sudden, he became a football player. Why? And Marshall, Why? I don't know. Maybe it's coaching. I don't know. I'm just saying that. Or maybe somebody woke him up and said, hey, son, it's time you become a football player. You aren't going to be playing anymore. So I think that you've got to coach these players up. And you've got to show them that you're the coach that can make him be a better football player. If you don't think you're getting this coaching and you don't think that you have an opportunity to play, then what you need to do is to go in and sit down with your receiver coach. And again, that's going to be a new coach. And Colbert, sit down with him and say, what's my future here at USC? And, I, and I've done that type of discussion with a lot of players. And I've said, let me tell you, you've got a scholarship here as long as you want to be here. But for you to start here, it's going to be difficult. But we're going to honor the scholarship we gave you. We're not going to take your scholarship because we're the one that offered it to you. But if you feel as though you'd like to transfer, I'm 100% behind you because I care about you. I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be on our team and not be happy. I want you to get the ability to play and the fun to play. College football will release you, and I'll even call schools to tell them about you and your availability. So, you know, you have to be honest with your players, and if you're not honest with your players and you can't tell, next week, next week you're going to play. You know, like the Pittman situation. All of a sudden he wasn't playing, and all of a sudden he started the next week. I mean, you've got to have consistency in your program. you got to – why is it you can't see the potential or why can't you determine who the best players are? And the players know who the best players are, believe me. They go against them every day. They know who the best, best DBs are, the best defensive ends. If you're a defensive or an offensive tackle, you know who they are. You know who you don't want to go against who's going to whip you. So, you know – you got to be able to recruit, forecast, take care of your players, pamper your players, not have locker room lawyer players that go around and poison your team. you got to be able to be on top of the things that are happening in your football program and have the best interests of your team and players in mind all the time. And there are some players that maybe should transfer if they want to, not that you're forcing them to. And there's such some players like McCoy – so what I've heard, that when he worked out on the field, was a gem, was a five-star, was a great player. Well, for him to leave my campus, I'd go with him. I'd say we're on the same play plane to Texas, because I'd be recruiting him on the way to Austin, okay? Yeah. To try to get him back to L.A. or whatever it's going to take. I just wouldn't say, oh, you're going to go. I'd say, wait a minute. Why? What's happening? This and that. I don't know what the reasons are, except I know that he worked out there and something wasn't right. He had a feeling that wasn't right. He had a feeling things weren't going to be right. So he was one of the strongest ones that wanted to go to USC for what USC brought him off the field, the family, the networking, and all of a sudden he's gone. Well, there's got to be something wrong there for that to happen. At least I would want to find out why he's leaving. If I was Coach Clay, and I'd try to fix it. But I'd be on that same plane that you took a picture with. I'd be in the seat right next to it.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen yet. And I, I think the offensive coordinator hire would be big. Someone like Trayvon Sidney, I feel, would have reason to want to stay if you're running some sort of air raid offense. So let's talk about the offensive coordinator position for a little bit. There were some reports. uh, felt like Jed Fish was going to be – a big name for this. We had put Graham Harrell, who's the North Texas uh, offensive coordinator for the past three seasons. We put him on our hot board back in December when we had reported Kingsbury took the job, but then it took a week for him to to be officially named by USC. So we put up a a hot board back then and like 24 hours later, Kingsbury signed. So we really don't have much use for the hot board, but he was one of the first names We put on there, you could sort of say he's like a Cliff Kingsbury light, Um, kind of start of his career at Oklahoma State. But then uh, he he was a well, as a player, he was a a, a prolific quarterback for Mike Leach at Texas Tech, like probably one of the most he might have been the most prolific quarterback that Leach had there. Uh, And that's saying something, because you got a lot of guys that put up points, didn't do much in the NFL. You know, came back to coaching. I think it was a a GA at at Oklahoma State. But he spent a couple of seasons with Leach up in uh, Washington State as receivers coach, gets the the offensive coordinator job. So he's working with Seth Luttrell at North Texas, and they've won nine games the past two seasons. 2016 was kind of rough. They turned it around. Prolific offenses for the last couple of years, uh, putting up a ton of points, and it's more of a – if you watch them, it's more of a what Kingsbury ran at Texas Tech, where you could run the football more than what Mike Leach is running at Washington State. So not a little bit more of a balance as far as an air raid goes. So it's it's kind of his own uh, spin on things. Seth Luttrell was a big name. Uh, his name came up for actually Texas Tech. Looks like you know he's sticking it at North Texas. Probably next year he's going to get a big job. Um, there were, we were reported. About a week ago or a little less, USC had reached out to, to Graham Harrell. He turned it down, and it was going to get like triple the money he was getting there. But there's a lot of reasons for him to want to stay at North Texas. If Latrell goes somewhere else, he could end up being the head coach there uh, next year. And, you know, there's certainly concerns coming to USC because, you know, the program's in turmoil right now. And if you come out, I think for a guy like Kingsbury coach, it makes more sense— he's established himself already for a guy like Harold he's trying to establish himself there could be risk coming to USC if the team you know if they totally stink next year and they they're under 500 that's not going to help him like he he put up good numbers at North Texas but when he came to USC not necessarily because of him but because of everything else so I think there's some real risk there. There were a lot of reports that he was going to take the North Carolina job with Mac Brown he had turned that down. We had heard last night Bruce Feldman tweeted that um, that uh, Oklahoma State, I think it was last night or this morning. Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy was very interested in hiring um, uh, h- hiring Graham Harrell, but they actually end up s- uh, uh, hiring Sean Gleason this morning. If you never heard of him, it's because he's Princeton's offensive coordinator. So that's two in a row. He found Mike Yurich uh, out of uh, you know Division two, and then he did the same thing with uh, Sean Gleason this year. So Gundy kind of pulled a. Uh, you know, a, a surprise move because it was either him or uh, Harold or I think it was Eastern Washington's offensive coordinator that they were really uh, looking at. And there wasn't much coming out of that that search at all. Uh, until today, they announced that that's who they hired, Sean Gleason. So that's better news for USC because we had definitely heard that Oklahoma State could make a run. It might be more appealing to be at a more established sort of offense where Oklahoma State than coming to USC and really having to kind of you know, fix a lot of things. So we have not got any kind of official word. Now there's been some reports like from the mean green people that he had taken the job. There's other people that disputed that, but he was on campus this morning coach as a long intro. Sorry. He was on campus this morning. Uh, we'll see maybe by the end of the show, he'll be announced maybe sometime tomorrow. I know USC's busy because they got a bunch of official visitors in this weekend, but it looks like that's the the leader in the clubhouse, at least the likely candidate and from the very beginning I thought that would be someone that would be a good replacement for Kingsbury that's why we put him on the the hot board way back in December Um, any thoughts on uh, USC potentially hiring uh, Graham Harrell from North Texas coach
0: well I'm glad you gave me all his uh, resume (laughs) because uh, I don't know how many of our listeners out there would know who he is okay Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've heard of him, but uh, let me ask you, when you're USC, do you hire somebody that no one knows who he is? I mean, I mean, this is USC, man. I think we're getting back to that same old pattern. Is he a good recruiter in Southern California? I don't know. Is he a good recruiter? I don't know. Does he know how to find the uh, USC's campus from the airport? I don't know. Does he know any high school coaches in Southern California? I don't know. Is he the fit? I don't know. And that's why I'm saying I don't want to hire an I-don't-know. I want to hire somebody that, ooh, my, that's great. And why can't they get a ooh, my? It's because of the situation of the football program at USC. There's probably several coaches who have uh, been contacted to say, I'm not interested because of the situation and what's going on at USC, the leadership and everything else. Now, as far as the North Carolina, Texas, uh, state head coach, i tell you, there's no guarantee. He's going to go nine and two next year. I mean, he should take advantage right now. And if he has the self-confidence that he can be the offensive coordinator at USC or another school such as that, and there aren't many like USC or used to be like USC, I'm gone. I'm gone from North Texas and I'm going to go right on in the USC and probably be assistant head football coach in charge of offense and tell everybody to get out of my way, get out of my way, and let me run this offense and let me do what we try to do so that we can all be here next year. I'm not moving out here and moving my kids out here and my family out here unless I plan on being out here and come out with a positive attitude. I don't want a guy coming in only because well, I don't know if we'll be here next year. ah heck, man I, I want to come in I want guys come in and say we'll be here a long time. And I want to see this happen, members and hirings that are going on on the staff. I mean, man, I've nothing against this kid. I mean, really nothing. But why, why, why reach so far? I mean, why can't USC get somebody who's been there and done it before? And people get excited about it. So, you know, I, I'm not excited about the hire, I'm not excited about throwing the ball every down either. I don't know if that, if the fans are either. You were. Others are. Uh, you know, but he was here 35 days, never had an interview, got fired at Texas Tech, and comes to USC, and all of us didn't recruit one player except for McCoy, and I guess McCoy left. He was committed almost before that and gets a head job with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, there's this thing going on right now. If you're, if you're over 35 years old, you can't get a coaching job anywhere. <laughs> You've got to be 35 and younger, Okay. That's because of McPhee and what he started. It's a trend. You got to throw the ball every down. You got to do this. You got to do that. I don't believe that. If if they don't get the football because you're more physical in who you are, they aren't going to do that. I mean, New England against Kansas City last week held the ball for 43, almost 44 minutes, 36 first downs. Took the ball and drove it right down the field, two drives in a row to beat Kansas City. And Kansas City's team throws the ball all over the place. Now it was a great game. Well, why can't USC beat USC? Why do they have to be? Why do they have to be somebody else? I mean, go out and get the best coaches in America at USC. And that, and I keep saying that over and over. And I know everybody's sick of me saying this. Then get off your wallet. If they won't come, say. We'll give you this kind of money, and the guy says, I got to go. But at North Texas State, I'm making, as a head football coach, maybe maybe dollars 500,000. Give him double to come as the offensive coordinator at USC and give him a two-year contract. That's like coaching four times, four years at North Texas State, okay? Hey, man, there's a way to get great coaches. You got to make where they want to come, because you show them that you want them. You don't. You get on your plane and fly down there, have him over to a steak dinner, sit down with his agent or whoever, and you say, "We want you as our coordinator. What's it going to take? We want to win. Do you want to win? If you don't want to win, then we don't want you. But we're willing to give you what you need to be here and lead us onto the field against Fresno State next year.
1: Yeah.
0: And if you don't have that attitude, Ryan, to hell with it all.
1: Yeah. Um I you know it's interesting. So we had heard and we reported in the war room that USC had reached out to Harold like a week or so ago. Um yeah. there were certainly risk there and uh you know he had turned that down, but I think from what we were told USC sort of stepped things up. I and I think coach yes is he a, a well-known name? No. I mean I don't people started talking about him when we put him on the hot board and stuff. And I he's an interesting hire. He's sort of like Cliff Kingsbury before um, he became Cliff Kingsbury, like you know, maybe the time he got the offensive coordinator job at uh, at Texas A and M, where he coached um, Johnny Manziel for a year, and they won the Heisman and all that. And then he got the head coaching job at Texas Tech. It seems like sort of that. So you're, can it be a bit of a reach? Yes, I mean, I think you know, he's done good stuff. I think at at North Texas, but and and for USC, I'd have to kind of convince him to come to USC. Yeah, there there's some concerns there. I do feel it's different, you know. Kingsbury was established, and and Harrell is not. So I think there's some some more risk there. But if USC gets him, for whatever reason, you know, whoever they were looking at, it's taken a while. It's you know three weeks, almost three weeks, two and a half weeks or whatever. Um, if you've set your sights on him, and to me, coach, it would mean they want to run some sort of the air raid. They want to you know be open like that, and you know that's where they end up going. There's not a lot of great you know candidates out there. Uh, and there's it's hard it's going to be tough to get someone to come to USC in the state that the football program is in Kingsbury was a home run but it was like made in heaven for for USC and for him like it was going to work out perfectly until an NFL franchise wanted to give him the, the job but I I think it would be a, a pretty good hire for Harrell I'm not sure I've been trying to ask sources how much does Seth Latrell run the offense at North Texas because I think he's a a great offensive mind as well. So, you know, we'll we'll find out stuff like that. But he's sort of like one of those guys on the rise, coach. And at this point, I'm not sure if USC was going to really do a whole lot better.
0: No, I I don't either. You know, the hiring of Kingsbury was just a uh, (laughs) – just people didn't know what was going on. You know, first of all, when he came here, did you really think he was going to stay here when he immediately started interviewing I mean, really? I mean, the guy. What type of commitment did you get from him? I mean, you you need to have a commitment. You got to tie a guy up that when he comes and you offer him this, and you willing really to uh, put your season ticket pack together with him and everything, he's not leaving. If he leaves, you're going to sue him because you got millions of dollars involved in this program. Hundred fifty thousand dollar buy it. It's a naive hire. It's a naive. You're you're naive when you think you're going to bring him in, and he's not going to look around or somebody's not going to come after him. I mean, really. I mean, uh, the guy, you know, has is, is been a head coach, been an offensive coordinator, been around. Uh, was, I don't know. I think it was a waste of time unless you lock him up, and sign him up big time, or did you hire him And Texas Tech was paying for the uh, the hire and that uh, that's why he got out of it so easily because you didn't have any money invested. I don't know. But my goodness, I tell you, I mean, to have this happen and then wait this long and then again, you know, like you said, Jed Fish possibly being the offensive coordinator, I think he would have been a good one, but now what's going to happen, the other assistant there is going to get the uh, Cincinnati job, so Jed Fish is going to get his job, so that, you know, that ruins that, and that's why they went looking to North Texas State instead of tying him up. They didn't have to announce it, but they said, okay, we'll wait three weeks or two weeks for the playoffs to be done but it's a done deal sign this contract done deal or whatever some type of commitment that he can't get out of because you're making us look like a fool and I I don't believe what anybody says I think that's what the deal was you don't take three weeks to to decide now you're going to hire the North Texas state coach or North Texas coach I mean please you know uh, not at USC Maybe, maybe maybe I have USC elevated higher than what it should be. But the way I look at USC, that's the way I look at it.
1: We had a question, Coach, like on the offensive coordinator stuff. Um, This is uh, Big Rick. He said, so this is a text he sent in. From what we learned, Cliff Kingsbury following the USC's laps was a gift from the football gods. Lin Swan had two jobs with the hire and proved utterly unequipped to handle the situation. One, create leverage with the negotiation in order to secure... A reasonable buyout to deter NFL teams. Not easy, but essential in deal-making. deal, deal making. Not only was the buyout a joke, Swan also showed gross negligence with Helton's extension. And two, work on a contingency plan if the deal fell through. This would have uh, created leverage by showing SC isn't desperate for Kingsbury. Also, we would have avoided adding insult to injury once Kingsbury bolted for the NFL. Please tell the athletic department to stop acting like we're lucky to be on the big stage and start acting like we belong again. It feels like we're slipping too far into irrelevance to crawl our way out. Where has the USC Big Balls Pete swagger gone? We are SC Big Rick from Alder Point, and he says, hashtag Urban 2020.
0: Well, you know, it, it like, like I've said, this doesn't happen overnight. This has been a process, okay, with the ice melding. Whatever you want to say, way back uh, uh, when it all started with the, you know, uh, letting go of Mike Garrett, uh, Pete Carroll, uh, Nikias becoming president, uh, whatever how they uh, they got Mike to go, and then Pat become AD, and Pat uh, didn't have the experience, and of course he had been Nikias' boss, being a trustee. So who's the boss there in that situation? Who answers to who? and the different experiences that Pat wanted to bring athletes, and I mean, you, you could see the inexperience there, as far as him sitting in meetings and listening to plays, and and all the different things that, that you have to do, that you don't have to do. You hire a football coach, and you hire him because he can get the job done. Leave him alone. Give him everything he needs to get it done. So, and then the firing of the coaches, the way coaches were fired, I, I think that's not a professional way of letting someone go, and Pat was in charge of that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, uh, when Pat uh, left, there was a lot of uh, controversy about different things. And then all of a sudden, Lynn Swan came in, and they received, they repeated the same process. Nikias hires Lynn. Same type of process. I don't know if there was any other candidate. Steve Lopes, we thought, was. And I like Steve Lopes a lot, and maybe I think he deserved it. At least he's there and he knows the setup and he's been an athletic administrator for a long period of time. And I'm not saying that that, uh, he's better than anybody, but he certainly knows the territory and knows what's going on in the athletic department as far as the overall picture. So Lynn comes in and learns. Lynn is learning on the job. You know, you look and you see who's left the athletic department since he's come. You've lost uh, your Haley, your volleyball coach. You've lost... uh, uh, you've lost, uh, Ga- uh, what's her name? Uh, Gaston. Uh, I forget the golf. Oh, uh, go- yeah,
1: the women's yeah, golf Andrea, coach. Yeah,
0: Andrea Gaston. She's gone to Texas A&M. She didn't want to go anywhere. She's a great coach. They let her. You know, they just came in and offered her something, and let her go. Here's a, a coach is taken the golf team to the NCAA's uh, almost every year and won national championships. And then Maui Elsirui, the academic advisor one of the tops in the country. Uh, He's out of here. He went to Georgia. I mean, what the heck's going on? I mean, a lifetime dream is to go to USC and then have your children go there, too, because they get tuition free if you're an employee at USC. So it's a great, great education, too. So I really don't know uh, where we are or what's going on, but uh, uh, there's got to be, you know, there's a big hole in the ship and it's sinking.
1: Yeah. Um, we got, we got an email from Jim and Newport beach coach. He says, thank you for all the great coverage of USC football. I look forward to the show every week, uh, since the cliff Kingsbury debacle, it seems that everyone is exclusively talking about the air raid type of offense. Uh, and Graham Harrell would obviously be that, uh, it seems like everyone feels that at this point, the talent at USC is geared towards this type of offensive philosophy why can't they hire someone who can install a physical but still balanced type of offense? After all, under the right leadership, a school like USC should be able to recruit whatever talent it needs. Or would there have to be a change of head coaches to do this? Thoughts, Jim and Newport?
0: Well, that's been the philosophy all along, really. They haven't been a running football team. They've talked about it, but they throw the ball whenever they get to the goal line or anything. What type of goal line offense did they have? They pass the football and and through the fade route and did the different things. They really haven't showed double tight, under center, power off tackle, all the different things are what they did. They they didn't have a tight end in there. They crashed down, and all of a sudden they lose two yards. I mean, really, uh, it's been a pass offense. They've called it a no-huddle offense, except it was a no-huddle offense. It wasn't a hurry-up offense. They stand and look at the sideline. It was a combination of, I don't know what, 31 flavors, I called it you got one play for one playoff of every offense, no series, no rhythm, no identity. I mean, we've talked about this and and I don't want to sound negative, but I do. But how how long have we been talking this? I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I get calls all the time from football people that are asking me what's going on and I say, "I don't know what's going on. You're watching the same game I am." And so are you people out there that are listening. You watch the same game I'm watching. I'm not watching a different game. And uh, USC people are hardcore football fans. They know right and wrong, and they know what's going on and why the tight end. They talked about they're going to utilize the tight end now for five years. I think in five years, the tight ends caught 40 passes, all of them combined, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, I I don't understand it. So, yeah, I think there needs to be an overhaul. There needs to be an overhaul in attitude because they haven't coached a tough brand of football as far as on the offensive line type of uh, philosophy of blowing somebody out or owning the line of scrimmage is passive. And the same thing on the defensive line as far as aggressiveness and getting after people and being tough and physical. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, and, and I don't like to sound this way. I really do. And I apologize to people. But I'm not the one to put them in this position, okay? I'm only the one that's talking about the position they're in. The things that we talk about on these podcasts are things that they've done with players leaving or recruiting the wrong players or running this offense or the turmoil in coaches or whatever. We haven't done that. We've just talked about – we're just talking about what's going on. Yeah. We didn't create it.
1: 100%. But um, There's not a lot of positive things to talk about. There's some. We're trying to focus on those too, but – uh, there's a lot of negative stuff going on right now. I think, you know, Graham Harrow, I think, would excite some fans. Uh, we'll see if that ends up getting finalized. We got a voicemail from Bob in LA, but it was a little too long, Bob. And uh, but he had expressed, you know, he had been at a at an event with both uh, John Jackson and Gary Paskowitz, and he was talking about how how wonderful of a time he had. And I think this was a response to our last show where we talked about the unfortunate passing of, of Gary P. So uh, thanks, Bob, for for sending that in. He's not a big fan of, of the way the athletic department's being run right now. So, but we, we've talked a lot about that, Bob. Thank you, and thanks for your sentiments about uh, both JJ and uh, Gary P. And we got one last question, Coach uh, Don. Who's not, you know, he's definitely a glass half uh, empty kind <laughs> of guy when it comes to USC football. He loves writing in, and uh, he's got some good stuff sometimes. But he said, "Is a transfer portal, the NCAA transfer portal, a good thing?" It looks like free agency to me. College football needs to be careful. So this transfer policy does not get out of control. Don't like the coach? Transfer. One more playing time? Transfer. Another school's recruiting class looks better? Transfer. This is college athletics, isn't it? We seem to be making policy decisions to make the elite athlete happy uh, and forgetting that there are also that there are players who will never become professionals who are also important to the team. That's from Don.
0: Well, yeah, you know, Don, I, I, I agree with that. I, I let, me, let me tell you, uh, I think that going and making a decision on something is like a marriage or shaking hands. And when you sign a contract, it means something as far as loyalty. And you've done a lot of thought as far as behind where you want to go to school and what you're looking at and what your major is and who your coach is. But then I also think that athletes, too, should have the opportunity that if they're recruited by a certain coach – uh, and before the national letter of intent, whether it be assistant or a, a head football coach, and that coach leaves. I think they should have a process where they can determine they can determine whether they want to still keep that uh, uh, commitment. Because uh, right now, so much uh, decision, so much decision on where you go to school is: what offense do they run? Who's the head football coach? How many games do they win? And that's why I want to go to school. It's Yes, it's very important that you're a major school, but also the name recognition of your football program on who's coaching it, uh, what awards, how many first-round draft choices do they have. All of this is very important. Now, how many first-round draft choices have USC had lately? I mean, stop and look at that. So why would that attract a lot of great linemen? Or why would that attract a lot of great players? Because really, the players haven't gotten better and moved on, and been in a position to get better and developed so you know and, and also i think that that if a player doesn't have the ability like i said before and you made a mistake and he made a mistake that you should be able to sit down and have that type of arrangement when you can release that player but i also think too that the national event intent this early signing period i don't like and i've said it from day one because when you're coaching and finishing uh, your season, your bowl games, your recruiting, you're trying to get players to sign, and then after that, coaches leave. I don't think that's right. They take other jobs. There's too many jobs that come up after the early signing date. I don't like that. I've always said the signing date should be moved back a month so that it's a signing date later, so all the coaches have left and all the jobs are done and now a student athlete has the opportunity of deciding where they're going to go to school because they know who's coaching where. But, you know, they have continually, I don't know who makes all these rules, but they're not really understanding what the process is as far as on the coaching side and also on the recruit side. They can eliminate a lot of these incidents, a lot of this transfer, a lot of these problems they have if they would just do that. You can't. Contact any coaches or you can't leave your school till after the bowl game that you play in or after the national championship game or whatever. Hey, why should a coach leave when uh, he's coached his team to a bowl game and all of a sudden he says, I'm leaving, I'm going to my new job, having an interim What kind of loyalty is that stuff? What kind of deal is that? I think that's ridiculous. That's because he wants to get started and put his staff together and get going. But if you have a rule... That you can't make any changes until after that, then none of that happens. And just move recruiting back a month or month and a half. Big deal. And I liked it when it was was one big day and it was coverage everywhere and everybody got to sign and everybody followed it on national TV and you Ryan on your site and everything. I liked that. What's all this early signing period? Nobody. After a while, everybody not sure they they're happy where they went. So, you know, that's just my ideas on that. I, and and I think it's a terrible time to be recruiting when you're in a bowl game and all these other things are going on and you get distracted. And I think you should just have the time to uh, let the kids make a good decision and also after all the coaching changes have been made.
1: Yeah, Coach, I agree with you there, and thanks, Don. Um, here's the thing. Well, I mean, I agree with most of it. I like rules that help the player because there's not a lot of – There's just not a lot of rules that do help the player. So if you make it easier for a player to transfer, I'm usually, you know, pro, stuff like that. But it can get a little bit out of control. And I think the way they've designed the early signing period, like you said, is really poor. Um, I I think you make a rule and you don't anticipate, you thought like some people would sign early. It's become the signing day. Well, the problem is you're preparing for bowl games. There's a lot going on. It's really impacting The coaching search, the reason USC probably hired Cliff Kingsbury as as soon as they did was because you had the early signing period coming up. So I think it's impacted the college game in a negative way by having it in the timing you did, like right before Christmas. It just seems like it's a horrible spot. I don't mind an early signing period if you want to do it in like, if you did something in like August, I think you would get a few players to sign. Uh, you'd get like the Jason Rodriguez of this class, like someone that's like, I'm, I'm going to USC no matter what. And that, and, and you move on. And then everyone else signs during the, you know, February signing period. I think that would work a lot better if you do it much earlier, you know, a few months earlier than December, I think you get just the early birds that they already know where they want to do. It's not, they don't care who gets hired or fired. They're just, you know, but you do it December. and Now it's like, it's part of this whole, it's just a weird timing stuff to me. So with the transfer portal and that, it's 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 just kind of a weird time. I think the – I didn't think I got to figure this out and move that – I think if you move the early signing period, Coach, you probably fix a, a lot of these problems.
0: No, I agree. And I'm not for an early signing period in August. I know you might think that's good. But first of all, you know, you could have coaching changes there too. And there isn't anybody who wants to go to a school no matter what anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. They always are looking for a better place or what's best for me. The team atmosphere, the team thought, is really not there anymore. Is how can I get to the NFL quickly? How can I do this? How can I graduate early? How can I – all the different things, which is important. Don't get me wrong. But if you just had one signing period when all the coaching changes had been done, and why should I sign – look at the coaching side of it. What if I sign a kid in August, as you said, and what if he blows out his knees, both knees, yeah, during his senior year? Now, don't get me wrong, I feel sorry for the kid, but now I'm strapped with a kid has got two blown-out knees that signed with me. I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. Get through the football season. Uh, get it done. Have time to digest what happened. Get your staff in place. Have a kid digest his season, his visits, the whole thing, and then have a signing period.
1: Yeah. I, I like the one signing period better. But if you want to do an earlier one, I think you got to do it way earlier. Like, doing it in December is not really – you just put it in, like, the worst spot. It just seems like – where where would be a terrible plot, spot to put it? Up, well, pretty much there.
0: <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Here you are getting ready for all the bowl games, and they're trying to announce National Signing Day. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Yeah. I mean, it's stupid. And, and whoever voted for that, and, I mean, all you presidents or whoever it is, NCAA things uh, – You've got to get your head screwed on, Ryan. <laughs> no, I would, tell, I would really, I'd, I'd, I'd really feel that way. Uh, how can you get your team ready to play? Are you doing what's right for your football team getting ready to play in a bowl game or the Rose Bowl game or something when you're worried about national letter of intent? Let me tell you, you're doing the right thing, making home visits, traveling all night, traveling back, getting off the plane, running to practice. I mean, what, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. that isn't the best interest of everything. Not at all.
1: No, I agree with you there, Coach. Well, that's a pretty good show. We'll uh, we'll find it. We'll keep you know keep tabs on all this. Um, what's going on uh, with USC's offensive coordinator search? Is it Graham Harrell? Is it going to be somebody else? Air raid? What are we doing? Will they make them available? Will we get a press conference? or will it just be a statement. Who knows? We'll find out um, through USC and all this kind of stuff. But Coach, great stuff. Uh, great talking to you again, and it did seem like when there's not much to talk about, we find a whole lot to talk about.
0: Ryan, I'd say the same thing when we start this. What do you want to talk about? Oh, we've got a few questions. Hell, we've gone fifty minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there. I mean, there's news. You know, there's news you got to talk about, and you know, eh, it's, it's fun. Um, all Right. Well, right. That,
0: I'm going to go watch True Detective. You ever watch True Detective? I
1: have not. I want to though. Everyone says it's good, so I want to check it out.
0: You got to get into this stuff, buddy. You got to give up golf and watch a little TV.
1: Yeah. I watch, I watch (laughs) play TV, but I do like playing golf. Um, All right. Well, that's the coach, Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham, if I could say that correctly. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com.